It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 22nd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll preview the Magic back in action against the Chicago Bulls. We'll preview that game coming up on Friday. And then I'll talk a little bit about One of the key reasons the Magic are actually playing a lot better, and no, it's not Jonathan Isaac, although it is Jonathan Isaac, but that's not what we're going to talk about. One of the many reasons the Magic are playing better, I'll talk about one of those reasons, one of those under-the-radar sort of reasons that it's happening uh, in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. By searching for Locked On in the team you're looking for on iTunes, just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Want to get ready for t- Friday's game against the Chicago Bulls? You check out Locked On Bulls. Want to get ready for Sunday's game against the Toronto Raptors? Check out Locked On Raptors. Plus, you got Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball for your national NBA needs. It's local experts talking about the teams they know the best. It's the best way to get set for any game and prepare for any team in the league. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic are back in action Friday night to pick up the final 23 games of the season as they take on the Chicago Bulls. Not the sexiest team to start the second half or the last, the post-All-Star break portion of the season. It's not really the second half. We're almost three quarters of the way through the season. Not the sexiest team to start things off with. The Bulls are just 14 and 44. Uh, the Bulls are 14 and 44. They're struggling. They're at the bottom of the standings. They're not playing for very much. Magic have been there plenty of times. We know your pain, Chicago. But this is a Bulls team that has, A, beaten the Magic before and given the Magic some fits. And B, it's a Bulls team that has got a new energy about it. Sure, the Bulls went one and two, or have struggled a bit since the trade deadline, but they've got some players. they got some guys who can play, and they're not a complete wreck. Now, for the season, they have the worst offense in the league, 103.2 offensive rating. In fact, against the Magic themselves, they've struggled to break 90. Orlando won a low-scoring affair in Mexico City back in December. The Bulls beat the Magic 90-80 to in the worst offensive performance of the season. And then Orlando beat Chicago in Chicago 112-90-something, to to very low 90 score. 
the Bull, this Bulls team will struggle to score. There's no getting around that. And 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 even then, even so, this Bulls team's also not a good defensive team. This is a bad basketball team. 14 and 44, there's a reason at the bottom of the standings. But since the trade deadline, since the trade deadline, since acquiring Otto Porter, the Bulls are slightly better. Tenth in the league in offensive rating in the last four games. Two and two in their last four games, by the way, too. 114.3 offensive rating. A 111.6 defensive rating still has them toward the bottom of the league, but not league worse. And in fact, the Net Bulls have a plus 2.7 net rating in that short amount of time. That's 11th in the league since the trade deadline February 7th. Granted, Orlando's got a 120.2 offensive rating and a 97.4 defensive rating and the best net rating since the All-Star break. So Orlando's playing very, very well, or was playing very, very well before the All-Star break. This is all to say that the Bulls are playing better or they've they've been injected with some energy thanks to Otto Porter coming into the fold. And he's done that without much practice time, without getting to know his teammates very, very well. And he's been able to kind of assert himself a little bit more. Obviously, he's playing as the number one option for the Bulls when he was the number three option for the Wizards. In four games since joining the Chicago Bulls, Otto Porter is averaging 22.5 points per game, shooting 71.6% effective field goal percentage, including a 57.9% from beyond the arc. Still providing about six rebounds a game, still doing all the other things, but the ball's in his hands more. He's taking more shots. He's making those shots, and the Bulls have been better for it. Now, is that sustainable? Can he keep that going against a good defensive team like the Magic? If he's going to have a big game against a team like this, it's probably going to be coming out of the All-Star break when everyone's a little rusty. And expect a little bit of rust from this Magic team and, and, and from the Bulls as well. And so, like I've kind of been saying about this easy part of the schedule or this quote-unquote easy part of the schedule, things are not as they seem. It's always going to be a little trickier than it looks. And this is no different. Yes, the Bulls are a bad team. Yes, they are a team the Magic should find a way to beat and probably beat handily. If they would have played this game last week, I don't care how much better the Bulls are playing, I would venture to guess the Magic would cover the eight-point spread. They still probably will. You would hope they can. But... This Bulls team is playing better offensively. Orlando's not going to be able to get away with winning a slugfest like they did in the first three games. Holding this team down to 90 points like they did was the old Bulls. These are the newer Bulls. A team that does have a little bit more energy about it. Has gotten Zach Levine back relatively healthy. There are a team that if the Magic don't execute, don't play the way they're capable of playing, and especially on the defensive end, where the Magic have been playing very, very well, if the Magic don't do the things they know they need to do to win games, they could get beat. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't care how rusty the Magic are. I think that the Magic have hit a stage where they can figure these things out. At the same time, though, it's been a while since this Magic team has faced adversity and has faced a, a real challenge 
offensively or uh, on on either side of the floor. Uh, a, a game that is nip and tuck for a good chunk of it. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Magic respond when they do play a close game, and it might not be till Sunday. I'll, I'll grant you that. But first game out of the All-Star break, you're always a little worried. How rusty is this team going to be? How ready and prepared are they to take the floor? I think that is a realish question to ask. After practice on Wednesday, they said that they looked a little rusty, but overall the spirit and intention was good. They scrimmaged again a little bit more on Thursday before this game and as they begin to get back into a practice rhythm. But Steve Clifford, I think, said it best after Thursday's practice. You don't really know till you get out there about how ready and prepared this team is to get back into the season. Like I said, five of these first seven games are on the road coming out of the All-Star break. Five of these first seven games are against teams with winning records. Chicago on Sunday and New York on Tuesday. So, the Magic have to be sharp right out of the gate. And nothing will prove how sharp they are than playing Chicago, executing well, and putting together a professional win where we don't have a lot to talk about because the Magic just took care of business. That would be the ideal outcome from this game. But we'll see if the Magic can do it. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Orlando Magic broadcaster David Steele will be inducted into the Magic Hall of Fame, so he'll be recognized on the broadcast as well as in the arena. Congratulations to David. Uh, really, Just a really kind, good guy. Um, and of course, the, the voice of the Orlando Magic for so long. Uh, so very, very happy that he's getting this honor. Very, very well-deserved. And hopefully many, 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 many more years of him broadcasting Magic games as we don't really know any other voice to call Magic games. So definitely very happy for that. It should be a, a very festive occasion at the Amway Center for that. Um, again, tip-off is at 7 o'clock. It'll air on Fox Sports Florida if you can't make it to the Amway Center. And of course, we'll have complete coverage of that game on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There are a lot of reasons, though, for the Magic's sudden surge up the standings. And, and winning five in a row and winning seven of the last eight, it, it, it feels like a big accomplishment for the team, especially coming this late in the season with the stakes so high. Miami lost on Thursday, so Orlando is now a half game behind the Detroit Pistons for 8th and tied with the Miami Heat for ninth. Playoff chase is very, very real. Brooklyn losing brings them two and a half games within the 6th seed. Again, there is a lot to play for right now. 
But trying to figure out what has exactly changed about the Orlando Magic to create this sudden surge, to create this sudden wave of confidence is a bit tricky. Or maybe it's not tricky. Maybe that's overcomplicating the matter. It's several different things that you try to put your finger on. There's the defense really coming into its own. You know, giving up less than 100 points per, per 100 possessions over a five-game stretch is really, really impressive. I don't care who you're playing in this league. And the fact that the Magic have now climbed comfortably within the top 10 in defensive rating was a gradual growth, obviously, but still a huge surprise. The Magic are not a team that many people would think are one of the best defensive teams in the league. But here we are, sitting here, the Magic are one of the best defensive teams in the league. There's Jonathan Isaac's sudden growth, looking more and more like a a, a more established veteran player than the rookie that he still really is. His shot's coming along more confidently. He's making great plays defensively. He's really come into his own over the last two weeks, two, three weeks. And that's played a huge role in the Magic's offense suddenly becoming a juggernaut. Scoring 120 points per 100 possessions is really impressive over any stretch, over any extended stretch. And Isaac has a big hand in that. And and of course, a huge reason. It's also... The play of the bench players, Ken Birch, Isaiah Briscoe especially, Wessel Wundu, stepping into their roles and playing them to perfection. There are a lot of pieces that are playing really, really well that we're not sure how long they're going to last. And so the Magic are taking advantage of them as much as they can, and, and maybe they will last. Maybe this is permanent. Always a little skeptical. But there's something else that's going on that I think is important to note. There's something else that's going on that this Magic team has waited on all season to finally come around, to finally work, to finally provide the boost the Magic had hoped for the entire season. And that something is Evan Fournier. There is no denying that Evan Fournier has not had the season he hoped for this year. There's no denying that Evan Fournier has not had the season everyone hoped for this season, that we expect from him. Because say what you want about Evan Fournier, and there's plenty to say about Evan Fournier. The one thing we knew we could rely on him was a consistent three-point shot and just general consistency. You knew how much he was going to score every night. You knew what he was going to give you offensively every single night. And this season, he just wasn't getting there. This is a player who every single year of his career has increased his scoring average until this year. And he's probably not going to hit that mark this year. Scoring only 14.9 points per game, that is a significant drop-off from last year. And you can look no further than his shooting for why. Shooting 43% from the floor overall and 33.8% from beyond the arc for the entire season. Yes. Evan Fournier has taken on more playmaking responsibility. So his assists are at a career high. Yes, Evan Fournier has taken on more defensive responsibility this year. Oftentimes getting tasked with guarding one of the better players, the best player on the opposing team on several occasions and and really having to work on it because defense is is not natural to him yet. And it's it's not his forte. It's, It's been 
sometimes frustrating how much the Magic have relied on Fournier defensively. And so all that added responsibility might have taken something out of him for the offensive end, but doesn't explain everything. And we may not ever have an explanation for just why Fournier struggled so much. To start the season, he really, really was struggling. In his first 15 games of the season, he made just 30% of his three-pointers. That's not Evan Fournier-like at all. That's not the Evan Fournier the Magic have come to rely on and count on. This is a guy who can go off for big games on occasion. And really, that hasn't happened. Not until this winning stretch. In his last eight games, Evan Fournier has started to bounce back. Averaging 15.5 points per game, 4.8 assists per game, which is well above his career average. And more importantly, shooting 42.9% from beyond the arc. Really, since January 12th, Fournier started to see his scoring creep back up to 15.6 points per game, even if his shooting has still remained wildly inconsistent. Finding games where he scores fewer than 10 points are more frequent this year. He scored fewer than 10 points 14 times already this season. Last year, he scored fewer than 10 points just twice. That's the kind of consistency the Magic expected from Evan Fournier and the kind of consistency they haven't gotten from him this year. It's what they've needed. And again, during this winning stretch, he scored fewer than 10 points twice, hitting seven but still contributing a lot. 11 assists between those two games. So other parts of his game have grown and and he's found other ways to contribute. But the bottom line is the Magic need Fournier to make outside shots. What's the one dude who's going to make outside shots forever? Aaron Gordon is still a developing three-point shooter. Jonathan Isaac's still a developing three-point shooter. Nikola Vucevic is a center. They need him in the post as much as they need him on on the outside. Terrence Ross is a flamethrower, of course, but coming off the bench. Evan Fournier is really the guy the Magic need to space the floor. And there have been pockets throughout the year where it looked like Fournier was breaking out of the slump and and going to return to his mean. And again, he's about a 35% three-point shooter for his career. 36, 37, somewhere in there. And so the Magic need him close to that level. That's what they expected from him this entire season. And frankly, Fournier hasn't delivered. And I can tell you, Fournier is as frustrated with his poor shooting as anyone else. He knows he can be better and he wants to be better. But it's a grind to find it. He's been continuing to search for it, continuing to to hunt for it. And it's still something he's fighting with, I think. I mean, just the other night, the last time out, he shot one for six from beyond the arc. 
This is not the season Fournier won, and this is not the season the Magic needed from Fournier. But now that the games matter, now that things are on the table, there's still that chance for redemption. And of course, over the last eight games, generally, Fournier is shooting significantly better. Providing that floor spacing and that scoring punch the Magic need. In this seven-game win streak, he scored 25 against the Oklahoma City Thunder in the one loss. 18 against Minnesota. 22 against New Orleans. And even on a night where he made only one of six three-pointers, 12 against Charlotte. Orlando doesn't need him to take over like they may have last year or the year before. They need him to be that supporting player. To attack guys off the dribble, off of, off of ball reversals. To make open three-pointers. To dish the ball on the pick and roll. They still need that. And D.J. Augustin's helped a lot as, as you know now that D.J. Augustin being able to play a little bit off the ball with Fournier taking on more playmaking responsibility has been a benefit to the offense eventually. But if the Magic, the Magic aren't going to continue this toward pace offensively, but if the Magic are going to continue to win games and continue to fight and continue to compete, Evan Fournier making shots is a big part of that equation. It's a big part of what the Magic ultimately need if they're going to win basketball games. And right now, Fournier is delivering. Finally, Fournier seems to be delivering. And regaining that consistency is absolutely vital if the Magic want to make the playoff push that they think they can make. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll have a complete recap of the Magic's game against the Bulls and the Toronto Raptors up at orlandomagicdaily.com over the weekend. We'll talk about them more in depth on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, have a great weekend for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.